from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio, this is the Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer and Ron Miller. Welcome, Race Fan. Yeah, yeah. It's easy for you to say. Yeah, it's the Hammer Down Racing Report, live from the Ron Miller Race Car Studios. I'm Scott Hammer, Ron Miller, professor. Hi. Joining us uh, tonight in the studio, Brian Smith. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, thanks That's for That's a way in. to start the show. I thought this was a professional deal, and then you start out kind of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is not professional. I hope it gets better. <laughs> Sometimes he, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll just let it go at that. All right. Uh, make sure you visit our website, Hammerdown Racing Report. Um, tonight on the show, of course, uh, third-generation sprint car driver, Brian Smith. We're going to talk about uh, the Kevlar tire insert deal, the armor wall uh, thing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I got a call from... Uh, the drama continues. Yeah, I got a call from uh, Kevin Bishop, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, from Venom Juice, who also sells those. Uh, so I got a little, a little bit of information uh, from him the other day. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. Record Report is on vacation. I'm sorry you, you're going to miss out on the Record Report. Maybe we should play last week's because it was a pretty good one. It really was. Tony Stewart was on there. Maybe we'll do that. We'll see, we'll see how we go with time. It's your show. <laughs> it is. We just kind of make it up as we go. Uh, we got uh, the uh, weekend weather uh, pit stop with Ryan Weekman from WTOL. That is actually happening. He apologized last week. He got busy last Thursday. I'm telling forgot, you, he so. didn't get busy. He knew what the weather was going to be, be yeah. and he did not want to tell us. Yeah. So anyways, if uh, you're looking for a... Uh, oh, wait. I also have uh, a cart racing update, too, from uh, Phil Snyder. Really? Yeah. We'll do that later in the show. Uh, looking for an intern? If anybody wants to be an intern, contact uh, myself or Ron. All the uh, contact information on hammerdownracingreport.com. Uh, and also uh, specifically looking for a pizza place sponsor so we can... Chow down and, yeah. and talk. So we can feed our guests. But I'm going to have to come back on then yeah. to get one of those. <laughs> uh, Ron Miller Race Cars, Lamberville, Michigan. Uh, make sure to give this gentleman a call right here, 734-856-7223. He's got uh, race cars, parts, safety equipment, um, and he does work too. Technical support. Technical support, and that part's free, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, if you had seen me an hour ago, you would, yeah, it was a tough day at the shop. Uh, it happens. Uh, so everything uh, a racer, and you can you're actually a consultant too. If uh, you know maybe a, another family member is looking for a Father's Day present, or it might or, be a little late at this point. No, but, it isn't. We can do gift certificates. Oh, there you go, there you go, gift certificates. Absolutely. Give Ron a call seven three four eight five six seven two two three. Yeah, if you want to get something for your dad or somebody that someday may be a dad, um, we're we'll glad to help. Are you a car owner, too? I mean, I could probably get a few laps in a late model. I could probably Maybe. steer one of those, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we've done that a couple of times. Yeah, I'm sure. So yeah. last last weekend, uh, not much racing action around the area. A lot of places got rained out, including Attica, Lima Land, Waynesfield, Flat Rock, and Fremont. Uh, there was some racing in the area. Got a whole show in at uh, Oakshade, as a matter of fact. Rusty Schlank picked up his uh, second late model feature win at... Uh, at the shade. Matthew Chapman got his second consecutive sportsman win. Chris Henry finally broke the streak of uh, Jeff Folks Jr. Bomber A Main feature wins. He had all of them up until this past Saturday. I'll tell you what, Scott, the Bomber A Main has consistently been, if not the best, one of the best races of the night. Wait, um, I was in that one this time. You were. I was so far back, though, I did not get to see the exciting racing at the I, front. I think it was a top 10 finish, though. No, not for me. You you sure? Yeah. 
Oh, you went to the pay window, didn't you? Or did you? Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. 14th. Okay, well, that's close to 10. Yeah. Anyway, um, Joe Elliott was the uh, compact winner, and uh, Rich Reif, after a hard crash last week, was uh, the winner of the Bomber B-Main. Did you see that crash last week? Uh, I didn't. From where I was sitting, oh, I couldn't, right. I couldn't see him hit the concrete, but uh, I saw him heading that way. It didn't look good at all. So, well, good to see him uh, getting a win then uh, after a, a bad week. I'll tell you, there before. were a lot of racers that put in a huge effort to get him back out there. I can and, imagine. And it wasn't just Ricky and his family. It, it, it was a real racer's work fest. They, they did a good job. So uh, whole show got in. Uh, I think that was a, pretty much the only racing show in northwest Ohio to uh, get. Somehow the rain just kind of split. went all around. We had the racing vortex going on Saturday night out there at Oakshade Raceway. What did we have? Probably 30 drops of rain, maybe? I don't know. There was a few during my feature, but I didn't really notice it. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad. Uh, the Dream going on down at Eldora. They had uh, a little bit of, uh, they had to, to fight the raindrops uh, for that show as well. But uh, Mooresburg, Tennessee's Scott Bloomquist picked up a record eighth Dream victory despite uh, a little incident that happened Friday night that caused him to miss uh, the racing on Friday night and uh, put him kind of behind uh, the eight ball there with a, a deep starting position because he missed uh, all those races on Friday. Did you hear what happened? Um, I heard he missed the drug test. Um, he was scheduled. <laughs> that part I didn't know. Yeah, yep. He was <laughs> scheduled for the drug test, but fell over the tongue of his trailer, hurt his shoulder, went to the hospital, came back with documentation that he had been at the hospital and said he felt really bad about missing the drug test, but presented the papers from the hospital. I'm sensing you have a little bit of an angle on this story. No, I just do my homework. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> Come on, Scott. Um, I don't even know what to say after that. Uh, he started 13th, and, uh, yeah, he won record uh, eighth dream, 100,000. And drove away from them. Has with, be- with hurt shoulders. It, it has people scratching their heads because he's been consistently a half a second faster. I wonder if he's got uh, the Kevlar inserts. I doubt it. That that would oh. be cheating. And anyway. Yeah, okay. It's a good uh, thing we got video so you can see the smirk on Ron's face when he says something like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I tried. Did a... they have a good battle with uh, Jonathan Davenport, like the first 40 laps of that race? Uh, I think he took the yeah. lead on, like, lap 40, and then from there it was all yeah. Bloomquist. Well, they had a pretty good race there for a little bit, though, because uh, Bloomquist was right on the bottom and Davenport on the top. Yep, exactly right. So the Kevlar inserts, though, are supposed to be good for the long run, right? Absolutely. So, I'm not saying anything. No inside information there. Dirt car, uh, no, I don't have any actually real information on that. Uh, that's purely speculation. Wink, wink. Not even a wink, wink. Dirt car, uh, <laughs> dirt car uh, summer nationals going on. Uh, just started last night, as a matter of fact, in uh, Peoria, Illinois. Um, Peoria Speedway. Billy Drake out of Bloomington, Illinois, won from the pole. Rusty Schlenk, who is planning on running that uh, series, he finished 10th. Tonight, they move to Kankakee, the Summer Nationals. Uh, it's like 28 races or something like that. 28 right? races in, in 30, about a month, 30 it, days, yeah. That ends at uh, Oakshade on uh, Saturday, July 14th with the birthday race. I was privileged to hear some whining about the track conditions. I guess they were not, I didn't hear anything about they the were not especially conducive to passing. 
kind of dry, slick, slippery, one groove. Don't know. Okay. Uh, World of uh, Outlaw Sprint Car Series. Jason Johnson from uh, Louisiana won two of the 40th annual Agco Jackson Nationals last weekend, but uh, Donnie Schatz won the 40,000 main event on Saturday in the Tony Stewart uh, racing number 15. The uh, World of Outlaws traveled to North Dakota this weekend at River City Speedway, um, Nodak Speedway, and there was another one. I didn't write that. For the Tony Stewart fans, he was racing last weekend. Uh, I think he finished, I I believe, sixth or seventh. I saw some uh, video where he was helping out uh, another fellow driver working on his car, wrenching it. Not not afraid to get dirty. Yeah. Um, All-Star Circuit of Champions, Paul McMahon got his first All-Star win since 2002 on uh, Friday at Outlaw Speedway. California driver uh, Carson Macedo won on Saturday at New State Line uh, Speedway after leading all 30 laps. Then he won again Sunday at Weed Sport. Weed Sport. Weed Sport. I like Weed Sport. Speedway after leading 35 laps. (laughs) Whatever, Scott. Uh, And, of course, uh, tomorrow... Marks the beginning of Ohio Sprint Speed Week. Nine days, eight tracks. Uh, I've read uh, Kyle Larson's going to be running those. Rico uh, Abreu is going to be doing those. And I know uh, a guy in the studio is going to run at least one of those. Really? Yeah. Just one? Just one. Just one. Attica Got to work for a living. Attica is uh, kicking that off tomorrow. Uh, and then they move to Eldora on Saturday. Waynesfield is Sunday. Uh, and then Wayne County Speedway on Monday. Sharon Speedway Tuesday, Atomic Speedway Wednesday, Muskegon County, Muskegon County Speedway on Thursday, Lima Land on Friday, and then uh, again at Atomic Speedway for the uh, finale there on a week from Saturday. So the toughest week in sprint cars is, is Speed Week, and we got nine races in a row, and the late model guys are already racing, and they're going to race all them days in a row, and then like two weeks after Three weeks the sprint cars are done. Yeah. yeah. It kind of makes kind of makes Speed Week seem simple after that. Deal. I, I thought it's like Speed Month. For, I, I thought yeah. one of those races was going to be at a track just south of here. Maybe, the, yeah. I wonder what happened there. Again with the smirk. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so. I have the same smirk because. <laughs> Well, I know may, what's going on there. Maybe but. maybe we'll see a uh, another message on uh, Facebook and their website saying that, oh, by the way, that race is not going to be happening. The promoters cancel it. Isn't that what we saw Memorial Day weekend for the uh, All-Star show? That yes, was yes, it was. So right, we'll see. You would have more insight in that than, than I, myself. I, I really, I've tried to keep myself out of the middle of that one. Probably, probably a good idea. Anyway, uh, Brian Smith joins us in the studio, sprint car driver. Uh, you've been uh, top 10 in the points uh, from what I, I saw since, uh, well. Forever. If you for look on top of our while. Uh, cabinets in, in the kitchen, there's the 7th, 8th, and ninth plaques all across the top of that loaded up. So. Currently, you're 25th, though. You've had some uh, issues that we'll touch on uh, this season. Uh, but uh, let's start off uh, by giving a little bit of background on you. How long have you been racing, and, and how did you get your start? Uh, I started in 1986 uh, running a bomber over at Oakshade, and I was 12 years old. Uh, Allegedly, you said. Yeah, well, <laughs> there were actually, uh, we've been there a couple times, and uh, one of the guys who was running bombers, I guess uh, he was probably one of the better guys in the bombers, 
we got together and uh, he ended up on the other side of the fence and he may remember but uh i kind of spun around and then what what would happen is since i was so young i had this you know cheesy mustache and uh was it like glued on well no it wasn't it was just cheesy you know <laughs> not much different than what i can grow now but uh so we would drive the race the the, the truck and the trailer and then we would take a separate car and i would jump in the car and change into my uniform and then jump into the race car, go out and race, and then get out, jump back in the car, take my uniform back off because I was only 12. Well, one of the officials at one point came by and asked my dad um, after that deal. He said, there's a rumor going around that your son's only 16. Apparently, you had to be 18 to race at that point. And uh, my dad just said, that's not true. <laughs> so, And it wasn't. It was a true and statement. He, yeah. And he didn't lie. No, he didn't lie at all. I wasn't uh, 16. But, uh, yeah, that, la- that lasted for a little while. But that's how I got started. And uh, how how long did you run uh, bombers then? Oh, it was it was only maybe year and a half, two years. Uh, actually, the, the first year Attica opened um, in '88, we actually took my bomber over there one time. So uh, that would have been the end of it in '88, and then it was '91, I think, when we got into sprint cars. That was back when there could have been a hundred bombers in the pits. There were a hundred bombers in the pits back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I, does is it? Uh, Butch Hobbling, is that a... Yep. Yeah. Okay. In a 99 car, I think? Yes. That's the guy that was winning all the races back then when I started. Okay. What was uh, how, What was your best finish in a bomber? Oh, I have no idea. And there, there weren't that many good records back then <laughs> okay. to even know either. But, uh, so you, um, didn't, you didn't win is what No, no. We bomber. didn't do anything like that. No. No, it's funny to, to look back at my... Actually, my t-shirts this year, because that was 32 years ago now, uh, on the back of it is a big two plus, and then you can see a picture inside of that of me in the bomber at Oakshade, and I was actually 32 back then, so it all kind of tied together. But it's just so strange to think, you know, now we're so safety oriented and you know freaking out about all that stuff, and we had the stock seat with a hole cut in it so that a you know a shoulder strap could go over top of it, and I had a helmet that was too big and a suit that was too old, and I was 12 years old, and that's how we were racing. So it's kind of funny that. Uh, that passed for okay back then, and now, you know, we got to have all kinds of safety things. Well, you know, 32 years from now, they're going to laugh at what we have now in our race cars. Yeah, and yeah, like, they that probably passed will. passed safety back in 32 years from now, when we were talking, there'll be autonomous cars, and oh, yeah, maybe right. maybe we'll have a joystick sitting in the pits. And No, the cars will just race themselves. Oh, yeah. We don't yeah, even have that. That's we'll a just... terrible thought. <laughs> terrible thought. Take the driver that, out. That's only a step different from the the eye racing thing. You know, it looks really neat on screen, but you know, it's it's really just pretend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's safer though and cheaper. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, how did you make the uh, the jump then from the bomber to uh, uh, getting into the open wheels? Uh, well, my dad had a go kart track called Concalo Speedway in Fremont, um, and guys like John Ivy and Clay Kime and Paul Weaver and Phil Gressman and and those guys all race there back in in would have been 80 well when we stopped racing the bomber 88 through 91 and uh we we met someone uh who wanted to help me get into a sprint car and uh i'll tr- I'll, I'll save i'll save him a little bit of trouble but it ended up uh some money was stolen that was getting to us to buy this race car and it was kind of a probably an off-air story but uh, short story long, uh, he ended up buying a, a sprint car. We got in. I started uh, running that, and some things happened, and we ended up buying that sprint car off of the, the, the state, basically. But uh, So that's how I started. I was 16 years old when, when that happened. Uh, it was an old Mark Keegan car. Uh, I had an old Mark Keegan engine and an old 388 
aluminum motor, but uh, that's how I got going. And the first thing that we did, um, the first time I ever raced was at Ocala with the All-Stars. We towed right down to Florida the first time. Wow. And uh, I remember my dad told me, uh, Bob Jenkins, uh, you know, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway voice and all yeah. that, he was standing in the infield next to my dad, and I went down in the first lap. I don't know nothing about nothing. I went in there wide open and turned that thing sideways because I was pretty sure I was going to end up out in the trees. And he said, boy, your, your boy's pretty brave for going out there on his first time. And that, that wasn't true. I was just stupid, and I didn't darn near <laughs> killed myself. But uh, we came out of it, didn't uh, didn't do hardly any good for a long time, but uh, that's how I got started. Well, you didn't uh, total it then? No, no, so. we didn't. Not not then. I, I really if, haven't if you can If you can drive it up on the trailer, I've heard that's a successful night. Yeah, uh, it used to be that way. Now I need to make now I need to make enough money to go to the next race. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, at least to get home. Yeah, yeah, definitely at least to get home. And now it's I got to get ice cream for the for my wife and kids, so I got to make just enough money to do that. <laughs> so, uh, what other tracks uh, have you run at over the years? Uh, we've run at a ton of tracks. Um, you know, we ran the entire All Star deal in '98, uh, so we've been from you ran the whole series with them. Yeah, the whole series. Okay. We had there's 70 races I think scheduled that year, so we've been way up in Michigan, to way down in Florida, to way over in Pennsylvania, to Waukee, Kansas was the farthest out uh, that we went through Iowa and Oklahoma and all that stuff too. So, <clears throat> it sounds like that would be a big commitment. Well, it was bigger than you think. Even <laughs> uh, my dad came home one day and uh, he said, "Hey, uh, well, actually, the year before." Uh, in 97, he had bought a car and was working on buying a motor from Frankie Kerr. Him and my dad are real good buddies, and they both live down in North Carolina now. Um, so he bought a car, and one time over the winter, he came home and he said, hey, uh, let's do the All-Star deal next year, all the races. And now I think it's like 55 races, and we yeah. had scheduled 70. So, I mean, that's a big difference. And uh, I'm like, okay. And uh, I was married at the time and had uh, a child on the way. Not yet. I guess we didn't have a child on the way yet. <laughs> it was close. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, that's another story. We're going to save that one for off air. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, he got the motor off of Frankie, and uh, or off of Stan Shelf, basically. And uh, we took one car, one motor. I went and bought a brand-new truck to tow it around. He bought a little 24-foot enclosed trailer. Um, I worked a 40-hour-a-week job starting in 94. I'm still there, so I, I didn't get fired doing that deal. But <laughs> I you take like, a lot of vacation days? I did. I worked a lot of over in order to take off early. I missed like three hours of work the whole year, and we did the whole season. My brother was in college full-time, and my dad was a detective working 50 hours a week for the police department. So there was some days, some mornings, when I would get dropped off at work at 9 o'clock in the morning because we just came home from, you know, Williams Grove or, or Iowa or something like that. Uh, so it was definitely definitely challenging. We had to hit a few casinos in the in in that for my dad, you know, so he could do some of that. And I just remember riding, we we put like 38,000 miles on the truck that year and probably 37,000 of them, my dad had his foot up on the right-hand side so I could never see my right-side mirror. And I never hit anything <laughs> with that side, but uh, it, it was an interesting trip for sure. I understand, I, I hear some rumblings that uh, the track where you started may run a non-wing sprint show probably next year. Any thoughts that uh, you you would would you enjoy going back to your roots? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as long as it fits into our schedule, depending on whatever our schedule is, it, it gets Wait. changed from time to time. But the track he started at, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I we see, already discussed see, that. We know where that's at. I see, I, think, I see what you're saying. I think you've announced there before. Yeah, I've and finished 14th. Are, are you are you letting a cat out of the bag? No, uh-uh. okay. 
It's just open to speculation. I did I did run a sprint car there one other time, uh, or one time I guess I drove for uh, uh, William and Linda Bump, and uh, we were st- it was Mike Linder and I we were standing there talking to one of the officials and I don't remember who the lady was, but uh, we kind of pulled her leg a little bit. I told her that I think I can I'm, I'm pretty sure I can do this. I've never raced a sprint car before, but I'm pretty sure I can do it. I sat in the stands for a long time, so I think I know what you're supposed to do. And uh, we had her going for like 10 minutes, and she had no idea who I was or anything. And we ended up running third that night. It was pretty funny. Uh, so where, where do you race at on a regular basis now? Uh, you know, the longer I've been racing, the less I have a regular basis. Okay. Uh, we like to travel. We got a, a, we got a, a, a Class C motorhome now that we picked up last year, beginning of last year. And we did uh, the Sod Series, the Sprints on Dirt Series up in Michigan in 2016. And uh, we just we like to get out. Our, our home track obviously is Fremont, and uh, Fremont and Attica it's as good as it gets, as far as I'm concerned. So we've always got that as a home base. But we try and get up into Michigan quite a bit because it's just beautiful country up there, and we get to see places. And uh, we spent a bunch of time down in Southern Ohio and did some Indiana, some Pennsylvania, and that kind of stuff. We still get around quite a bit. Now you had a, a little incident uh, earlier this season on your way to Attica. Uh, we were talking about that a little bit before the show. Why don't you tell us uh, what happened there? Yeah, it was uh, May 4th. The 4th was not with me. <laughs> um, we were, uh, it was just Kim and I, my wife, and we were headed over to Attica Race. Um, and we were, I don't know, partway there. Maybe we were only like five miles out of town, actually, uh, sitting at a stoplight. And a, a semi came up on us as we were sitting there and drove through the back of my trailer. And I didn't realize it was a semi stuff. truck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know how much I can say about that because I think there's some still some stuff going on there, but uh, it ended up uh, taking us out, taking out two other cars, and uh, we had uh, in, you know you got to deal with insurance and all that stuff. So, but you didn't make it out to the track that no, night. we didn't make it to the track, and we waved to all the guys that were going to the track, all <laughs> heading down Route 20 there. Uh, so that was kind of tough because then I had to answer you know 4,000 questions about what happened, but. Uh, yeah, it didn't. Uh, it didn't hurt the race car. Just junked the trailer, but it took uh, about three weeks before I could get the race car out of the trailer, so we couldn't race, which is like the hardest thing on me because we were all fired up, ready to go racing, and then we couldn't do it. But like three weeks later, I got the okay to drop the door, which was harder than it seems because it was all smashed on the mm-hmm. left side. And uh, we dropped it. I uh, with the sprint car, I could pretty much tell if it was bent or not. I grabbed the Jacob's ladder and I grabbed the torque ball, and they both were free so i got right on the phone and called matt lucius who loaned me a uh, an open trailer to use so we went down to tiffin that night and got it and came back loaded the thing up on saturday morning and we drove up to crystal michigan and and raced without the wing because the wing got smashed in the back of the trailer door because it was time to race so that, that didn't work out as good as i had hoped we were running second and uh probably quite a bit faster than the leader in the one of the suspension parts broke on the left rear that actually didn't have anything to do with the wreck but <laughs> It came apart, so uh, it's been a rough few weeks, and I, and I think finally this week we're uh, getting things back in order, and I think our team should be pretty much back together by the end of next week. Big ch- big setup changes between winged and non-wing. Yeah, yeah. The the ride heights are different, shocks are different. Uh, you're twisting the bars a little different. Um, you know, spacing all that stuff. It's all it's all pretty different. And what do you which do you prefer? Do you prefer running uh, winged or without the wing? I, I prefer running without the wing just because I feel it just it's a maybe a driver input more suited to my style. Um, not saying it's any harder or any easier because it's 
it's really hard to drive a car and to turn one of Del Doro wide open, whether you got a wing on there or not, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, I like the non-wing. It just doesn't pay enough consistently uh, for me to be able to do it. My race car has got to pay for itself. Um, it's it's basically my second job. So, you know, we use it to pay some bills and we use it to buy some ice cream. And like I said, it's got to, it's got to keep going. We try and stay away from house money, as we call it, as much as possible. Uh, so we do a lot of wing stuff so we can afford to go play with a non-wing car. Gotcha. So tomorrow night you're going to run the Speed Week opener at uh, Attica, but then uh, you're uh, dropping off that to go to Fremont and run uh, with the Boss Show? Yeah, uh, the Speed Week opener is just a big deal. So, I mean, no matter where it's at, we used to get there at, you know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon for when it started back at Millstream back in the days because it's just a big deal seeing all the people coming in. You never know who's going to show up and all that. And uh, I've raced four times this year because of this trailer incident. So, we're just anxious to get out there and uh, be just me and my wife. We'll head out there and uh, take on some of the best of the business. And then Saturday we'll come home because Fremont's one mile from my house. So and, Kim's uh, the crew chief too. Kim is the crew chief. Very successful, I, I must add, because I don't. We've run maybe not even ten races together with because I have other guys that help me too. Ken Pachado helps me out. I've had uh, another couple guys that have helped me out in the past that have been my main man, but. She's become the crew chief, and, and uh, we've run second a few times. We won a non-wing race up at Hartford last year. Uh, we've run top threes a few other times. So uh, she's very good at uh, – I don't know if it's – she's not that real good at turning the wrenches and, and all that stuff. She's learning, but she's good at keeping me level-headed and not letting me do anything dumb. So, Well, that's a good thing. Uh, were, did you have any plans to run the uh, the Speed Weeks? Speed week uh, this year before uh, the season started, or was this always the plan not not to run it? Uh, yeah, we didn't have any plans to run any of the speed week deal. Um, our schedule got blown up on May 4th, so we, we did have things that we wanted to do. And like I said, we wanted to go to some different places, and we were going to try and hit Williams Grove once this year and try and hit Wisconsin for a couple of races this year, and all that kind of stuff just sort of got blown up. So we're now we're just trying to go where we can race. How many different tracks you you figure you've raced at? Oh, man. Uh, ballpark 80 90 somewhere in there and out of those uh, which is your favorite uh it used to be Eldora um but it's Merritt up in Michigan now uh, I don't know what it is we went back there in 2010 for the first time uh we ran without the wing I ran second the first night but that didn't really have anything to do with why it was my favorite it just it really suits my style it's got a uh w- without the wing it's got uh if you're really patient and uh, you're kind of technical, you can you can run in lines that other people can't. And uh, I just I don't know I just really like the atmosphere up there. It's way up in the middle of nowhere, and then they have this nice racetrack. You know they got a World of Outlaw late model race up there too. So it's a it's a really nice area and place. And we were fortunate enough two years ago to win a wing race up there too. So uh, I just like it. There. Oh, you got to make a trip up there. Yeah, it's it's beautiful yeah. country. You've raced up there. Yes, you've raced everywhere too, haven't you? Have you hit? 80 tracks like him? Uh, well over. Okay. In three different countries. <laughs> All right, Mr. Australia. Yeah. East and West Coast there. So, yeah. He's got a few years on me, though. I'm Just working a few, on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> any any plans uh, to uh, maybe run a, an All-Star uh, schedule for a year? Do you see any you know, World Bout laws, any, any of those uh, things, or are you just like picking your own um, deal? I, I do like just being able to pick going wherever we want to go, but uh, I think we can probably announce now that Ron Miller Race Cars is coming on for next year to help me run the All Star Tour. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> maybe now I got that smirk again from Ron. I'm not sure. 
But yeah, I mean, it just, it comes down to funding. Obviously everything comes down to funding. I've, I've been, uh, this is the cheesy part of the show where I mentioned a few of them sponsors, but. Uh, no, you're, it's expected. Yeah. I, our local church, Grace Community Church, uh, is my main sponsor on the race car. And uh, so we like to be in town, you know, as often as we can be. And uh, I've got, you know, a few other ones. Gressman Power Sports has just been amazing to me. Is my engine builder and with uh, RSS monitoring and, uh, you know, there's just a bunch of people that have just kissed the race products is, you know, I couldn't do it without them guys. So we try and stay around the area every now and then and, and uh, you know, get their name out around there. Is there a story behind your, your car number, 2 Plus? Well, uh, there is. And from what I understand, it's the truth. Uh, uh, my grandfather raced probably when, uh, when Ron here started way back in the 40s and 50s. Uh, he took a number two uh, to the racetrack, which uh, I'm not sure. He if took it, a number two to the racetrack, not at num- the racetrack. The numeral two okay. to the racetrack, and there were two other numeral twos. So they left one, the numeral. They, they left one, the numeral. I'm not good at math. <laughs> if I was, I wouldn't be a race car owner. Uh, there was a numeral two, then they gave one a two plus and one a two minus, and my grandfather got the two plus. So that's how it ended up. My, and he ran it, uh, you know, he raced with Raleigh Beale and Leo Caldwell and all them guys. and all over the area from Detroit Motor City down to Attica and Sandusky and Toledo Raceway Park and all that stuff. Uh, and then it went through my dad who raced for uh, not, not a real long time, but for several years he ran the 2-plus. So, Have you ever run on any uh, pavement races? I've run a couple pavement sprint car races, and I've run one stock car pavement race. Um, that kind of suits my style too, but uh, I don't want to – you know, make any pavement guys too mad, but it is just so boring. Just the whole <laughs> day of being, it's like a track meet, you know, to me, you know, we, we get to the racetrack four o'clock. Now we unload, we're having a driver's meeting at five thirty. We're hot lapping. We're racing. We're, we're 10 o'clock. We're already cooking food. You know, we're at a, a pavement race with my, with my experience, you know, you get there at 10 30, 11, you know, you mount 47 tires, you run 300 practice laps and then you go out and qualify and then it just takes forever. So it's just not, just not for me. What tracks did you run at? Uh, we ran Mansfield when it was paved. Okay. I actually ran Mansfield when it was dirt back in the 90s. Then I ran it when it was paved. Uh, I've, run, I've run my 305 at Toledo Speedway, which is which is insane, by the way. I ran a 305 there. It would have been mid-90s. And uh, I don't know if it was the Auto Value Series or whatever it was called back then. But I'm running 120 mile an hour in my 305. My helmet's sucking off the top of my head. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I am absolutely flying. And Brian Tyler went by me so fast that my head, my helmet spun around on my head. And I'm like, all right, this isn't for me. <laughs> you know, I pulled down an infield. That was just too much. But uh, we run Sandusky. I ran third over at Sandusky in a 305 one time. That was, you know, that was pretty neat. But Have you been back to Mansfield since it's gone back to dirt? Uh, we went down for the Sprint Car World Championship as a, a guest of the uh, Dirt Racing Outreach Group. We took my car down actually as a show car for them, and we gave our, our Christian testimony at their, their little service they had and stuff, but I haven't raced there. Would you like to? Uh, I have an older engine that puts out about 800 horse, and which is down by 100 or so, a little more, and uh, getting timed in down there would be difficult for that. And, you know, we're down there to... Not just make enough money to keep going, but it's more fun to win. I had a car owner used yeah. to say, "We're just doing this for fun." But remember, winning is fun. It is a lot. It's so more fun even just being competitive. I've yeah figured out. Uh, what's uh what's so far? What's uh, your greatest accomplishment? Uh, Mary and my wife uh, in in racing. Oh well, she's my crew chief now. Okay. So does that count? Sure. What's your second greatest okay. accomplishment? Uh, 
I don't know. My first, you know, your first feature win is always a big deal. Um, when we, and where was that at? Uh, 2003. Uh, it was a speed week race, but I was in a 305. We were in a 305 portion, and uh, I got to the rubber first. And so we ended up winning that. And it was a neat deal because, you know, my dad and my brother were there, and I, they about choked me to death with the hug in victory lane. And, <laughs> and that was pretty cool. Uh, the first, the, the race that we won a couple years ago over at, uh, uh, Merritt was really neat because it was just me, my dad and my brother. And on my race car, it says TBM racing. That's Todd, Brian, and Mike. That's the three of us. And it was the only time that the three of us have ever been to the racetrack by ourselves and won a feature. So that was kind of, that was kind of neat. Uh, the, uh, 305, 360 challenge. The first time they ever did that at Fremont, there was like 86 cars there. And in 2004, and we won that with a 305. Uh, those are probably right at the top, but I think my favorite one overall is, uh, last year we won that non-wing race at Hartford, which is a big, fast racetrack without the wing. And my wife was my crew chief. So her and I stand in victory lane. That was a pretty cool deal. So that's pretty cool. Uh, have you had any real bad crashes? What's the worst crash you you've had? Uh, I did it the wrong way. I started out, uh, my dad told me I couldn't tear the race car up if you wanted to keep racing. So it took me 14 years to win a feature because I didn't tear the race car up. Uh, so we, I've probably gone through seven wings in my whole career just cause we don't crash a whole lot. Uh, one of the worst ones was probably without the wing. Uh, my, my wife and I used to go over to, uh, to Putnamville Lincoln park and race with Kevin Thomas and Bob Kinzer and them guys over there back in the early nineties. First time I went there, uh, I hadn't had a wing off, but maybe one other time, which I also got upside down at Millstream. Uh, but Kevin Thomas come up to me, and not the Kevin Thomas, not related to Kevin Thomas Jr. That's that's killing it in the non-wing stuff now. But he said, "Dude, you're going to kill yourself. You need to slow down. This isn't a wing car." And I'm, you know, I'm early twenties, late teens. I'm like, "Yeah, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about, old man." And I went out and featured and dumped it. It was a, it was on the front straightaway, and I banged my head. And uh, that was when my wife learned not to run across the racetrack when uh, <laughs> when I get upside down. Just wait for me to come to you. But I was sitting upside down, and I took my seatbelts off. And I fell on my head. Of course. <laughs> and I got out, and I took, like, back then we had the neck collar. So I took the neck collar off. I took my helmet off, and I started walking towards the opposite direction of the pits after I told somebody that I was okay. So I definitely wasn't okay. I, I had to have a little concussion there and got me turned around and went back the other way. But So, yeah, I mean, there, there weren't a lot, but, you know, the ones I, I did I can remember, so that's probably good. Now, did you take it uh, easy right after that? I mean, were you a little timid getting back into the car? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I started timid, so okay. I, I, so it didn't phase you then. Yeah, I mean, you're young, so you know it doesn't really bother you. You're invincible still. I, I was invincible at that time, so all right. Now I, I'm not. It hurts. I don't. <laughs> I just don't want to crash. It hurts everything. It hurts my back pocket. It hurts my body. It just it hurts everything. So what uh, is there a driver that you look up to or you did back uh, when you were a kid uh, that you wanted to be like or? Uh, I wanted to be Bob Seneker. Um, my dad ran pavement stuff, ran some mini stocks at Toledo Speedway and Brian and Flat Rock and that. And uh, I grew up idolizing Chuck Hall and uh, Danny Bird and Bob Seneker and Tracy Leslie and Terry and uh, Terry Seneker and all them guys. So I, I thought Bob Seneker was the greatest. I screamed my head off for Bob Keselowski or Keselowski or whatever they say is his <laughs> name now, uh, you know, cheering for the Black Band at the 29 at Toledo Speedway. So... I always wanted to be them guys. Once I got into sprint cars, uh, you know, early 90s, you know, you had to be a, a Brad Doty fan or a, uh, 
you know, Jack Hewitt fan or Jack Hoddenshield. I mean, that's just, that's the way it was back then. All right. Uh, last question I have. Favorite racing movie? It's Six Pack. Definitely, definitely <laughs> yes. Six Pack. Yes. I We were talking before. I put that in his head, I think. Yeah, no, no, sure? no, no, no. Yeah, there's a, there was an old paper way back in the early 90s that that did interviews with sprint car drivers, and back then it was it, that was my favorite movie listed in there. So that's always been my favorite movie. I've probably watched it 300 times. So, What's your second favorite movie? Stroker Ace. Okay, see? Yeah. That one yeah. I don't know why. It's terrible. Maybe when it I was is. younger I liked Lonnie Anderson. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what it was, but... Uh, that's it, you know, they all got into kale and, you know, they all got turned upside down, that kind of thing, so. <laughs> old school racing movies. All right, good enough. I am relatively old. I mean, I'm 43. Oh. I've been racing for, you know, a long time. Well, if you're old, then I'm ancient. Well, and then yeah. we're, we're and both boy, younger than Ron. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fossil, but that's hey, another Hey, I got story. a question for Ron. Yeah. My daughter knew I was coming up here and was going to see you. Uh, my little nine-year-old, and she wanted to know if you kept that trophy that she worked so hard on making out of snow at the uh, hangover race this year. You know, we tried to take it home with us, but when we got home, it was gone. I think somebody stole it. Okay. All right. I'll tell her that. I'll definitely tell her it got stolen. Have you raced any of the uh, hangover races? No. No. The only connection my family has with the hangover race is my dad was on ESPN crashing way back in the, the 80s. He ran it and it got into a wreck, and they showed a highlight on ESPN. So really? it was a two plus too. So oh, nice. Any? Would you ever run the uh, the Hangover Eights? Oh yeah. Well, that was part of the announcement with Ron Miller Racing. He's gonna have he's got a his ride. Out, he's got his outlaw late model. Yeah. That, 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 that he car, let somebody else drive. That the, the run what your brun car drives itself. That that car is almost. Wait, it's, a, it's autonomous. Darn near. You don't have to be in it. Darn near. <laughs> Darn near. Would you do a match race against uh, his outlaw late model? With what? With my sprint car? Yeah. Like at Sandusky during the hangover race? No, well, because not, no not, one beats not, Ron Miller at Sandusky not, at the hangover race. Not at a dirt track. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah sure. Let, let's say Rich Farmer decided Rich Farmer decided to run <laughs> a Run What You Brung show this year. Hey, I actually won a Run What You Brung show at uh, Fremont in 2012. So, Did you? Yeah. We put a big panel on the on the right rear and took everything I had, and we ended up winning that race. Wait, I think I was at that one. Yeah. Because there, there hasn't been very many of them because right. they all get rained out. I think that was the only one, wasn't it? Well, last year we kind of had one. Did it? I was there for that. Oh, they, they got rained out, though. Halfway yeah. through. I was, yeah, I was there watching. Yeah. What, what I suggested was that one of us start on the front stretch, one of us start on the back stretch, because I'd hate to punt a 1,200-pound sprint Sure, out. yeah. Especially um, if I'm in it, yeah. With, yeah. with your doorstop. Yeah. It's a big doorstop. Yeah, my, my outlaw car. Yeah. And uh, run 10 laps, and whoever gains the most ground is the winner. Sure. Well, let's get on that, Rich. You got. He's got to be listening. Yeah. Rich would, Farmer, please. We got transponders so we could have lap times, too. Oh, absolutely. So we, there would be no question. <laughs> you wouldn't have to just eyeball it. This yeah. is going to pay 1000 to win, too, right? Maybe we can make this a, a three-track series. Fremont, Attica, and Oakshade. Whatever. Then, then best, the best of the three. All right. I think we're cooking something up here. I like this. I like it. We'll see, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got some uh, news to get to here. I promised uh, earlier an update on the tire insert uh, news. We were talking about that last weekend, or last weekend, last week on the show about uh, the Lucas Oil late models. Uh, had a report that somebody was using the Kevlar inserts that go into the sidewall. If you aren't familiar with it, uh, they're an item, I guess, that goes inside your tire, glues to the inside of the sidewall, and uh, prevents flex. 
It stiffens the, the sidewall yeah. of the tire, correct. So that less heat builds up, and in theory, in the long run, you're going to be a faster than everybody in, in, else. In theory, a, a 50 or 100 lap race, it could be could be a major advantage. So the Lucas Oil uh, officials did not find anybody that were running them, and that was because, according to Kevin Bishop, who I spoke to, who uh, manufactures the, the armor walls, as they're right. called, um, said that he sold two. He didn't say who he sold it to, but he sold two, and they weren't at the track that weekend uh, when that all came down, which was a few weeks ago now. So uh, uh, the team now did the not in, take now, them to the track. Now, uh, the interesting part, did he find out if they felt there was an advantage to him? He did not say that, but uh, he was very adamant that uh, he was He was kind of... Uh, he wanted to make sure that he got his side of the story out because I guess uh, he tried contacting Dirt on Dirt and uh, some other people, the Lucas Oil folks, uh, and nobody would talk to him, I guess. So he's a little frustrated in that respect, and he de- he says he's going to continue to sell these because it's not illegal to sell them. Right. It's just illegal in some sanctioning bodies or tracks to, to like use them. Like we talked last week, yeah. tire doping is easy to check. You just take a little snip out of the tire, uh, out of the tread, send it off, have it analyzed, and it's pretty easy to tell if somebody has played with the compound of the tire. But this doesn't change the compound in any way, and the only way you're going to find it is by dismounting the tire. So there's a lot of uh, technical aspects as yeah, far as sanctioning and, bodies trying to and, uh, I mean, would you, regulate it. If you had... 22, 23 cars in a, in a feature event, are you going to dismount four tires on every car to find the armor wall? Prob- Maybe not. Probably not. So, And uh, we were talking earlier, probably not a big help to uh, sprint cars since uh, you said you prefer the softer compounds. Uh, well, it depends on the situation. I mean, if uh, is there a situation where the, it would be advantageous then? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to try them. Somebody's going to try them. I mean, now that they're out there, somebody's going to try them, and and you'll find out. I, I I just like the fact that there's something happening out there. You know, everything's the, becoming so cookie cutter. The thing with sprint cars, yeah. Scott, is that there there's very few, if any, hundred lap races, and not many fifty lap races. Right. They're, they're typically thirty, forty laps is and a big one. That's mostly a fuel issue, is it? Is it not? Uh, yeah, like the Knoxville Nationals, I got to have a fuel stop at 25 laps. So I wonder if you could change your armor walls in the middle there while you're (laughs) changing that tire. uh, I guess they're they're a one-time use kind of deal. So, I mean, once your tires are are done, you can't really take them out and put them in another uh, thing. Yeah, depending on price, too, them things would probably, you know, they could price themselves right out of being used anyway. Uh, And a lot of times sanctioning bodies will, you know, cut that stuff out because it costs too much anyway. Let's say it, uh... I heard. A, let's say it cost a hundred dollars. That's what I, I had read, but I'm not sure exactly if that's correct. But I'd read it was about a hundred bucks a tire. A hundred bucks a tire, and you felt that it gave you a decided advantage. Yeah, I'd, I'd be yeah, putting them in there. You'd be Absolutely. all over it. You'd be all yeah, over definitely. it. Definitely. And, and I, th- I don't think it would help out my bomber that I, much. I think it's primarily a right rear tire, um, maybe a left yeah. rear, certainly yeah, not probably. fronts. Right. Yeah, so that's not much. I guess that's not much cost at all. So you're running that. a fifty grand to win race. You're going to spend two hundred bucks if you feel it's giving you an advantage. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know <laughs> that it. I, I don't know why it 
would be much of an issue, honestly. I mean, if everybody can buy them, you know, as long as they're not controlled by the manufacturer as to who they're going to. I think that's what, uh, at least in the carding thing, they were saying that basically whoever is buying these uh, or whoever he's selling them to, he's determining who's going to be winning the races. The, the initial concept was yeah. you sent your tires to him, he installed the armor walls and then, sent them, and then sent them back. But he has since come up with a program where he'll sell the armor wall to anybody and you put them in yourself. So now they're avail- available so to everybody. Everybody, everybody. Yeah. yep. So it's just a matter of uh, the sanctioning bodies figuring out uh, how to, uh, I, I don't know, control isn't the right word, but uh, manage them, I guess. Is there an issue yeah. with them? Uh, I, I don't actually know what they are, but if I like think- a right rear tire explodes... Does that thing come flying out of there, and is it, you know, an, an extra that's, danger when they come flying out of the tire? That, that's a question that uh, I first, uh, yeah, probably a lot of things that mm-hmm. uh, have, have, you know, this, it's such a new thing that there's a lot of uh, questions. Like I said, like I'm, I'm glad there's some innovation yeah. happening so that you can have a discussion like this. Like I said, so many things are cookie cutters, and they got so many crate classes and all that kind of stuff. Trying to make everything the same. It's kind of neat that somebody's trying to come up with something. Parity is not good. Look what it's done to NASCAR. Yeah, right. I'm sure you build a lot of stuff that a lot of people didn't have, you know, back in the day. And it, that's when, what made it were, interesting. When you were running the bomber class, we thoroughly screwed that up. Build, building some cars that ultimately became sportsman cars. Yeah, yeah, right. Because they the had, bombers now they, aren't they like had, what I started. They had the bombers, then they had the super bombers. that Super bombers. <laughs> uh, I like that. Rob Leaf, Jeff Brown, um, Butch Hobbling, those guys had cars that were totally out of the class of what you were running. Race cars. They were race cars where yeah. the bombers were just street cars with some right. cages put in them and some bigger right front lug nuts, basically. That's what we had. Roll cages or drive shafts glued together. Yeah. Yeah. So, ba- so back to this uh, Kevlar uh, tire insert deal. I mean, as of right now, at least with the Lucas Oil uh, uh, late model series, you know, they deemed the, them as a... Uh, altering the of the tire which is in against their rules so as of right now they're not legal at least in lucas oil late models i don't know of any specific rules uh, for any other series but if they're not pulling if they're not pulling any tires off then they're just racing to the the other thing how are you gonna just race to the tech put them in until they catch you you know what they they give you what a couple weeks suspension or something and then you ended up winning your eighth dream so i mean what's the point (laughs) <laughs> Wasn't that a couple-month uh, suspension? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. What's the difference? Okay. I got gotcha. you. It's right. about winning, right? That's what we're trying to do. Um, speaking of uh, uh, NASCAR news, they're going to uh, inc- – they're, they're messing with the uh, aerodynamics again, changing the rules. I just read this uh, today. They're going to increase the length of the rear spoiler they're uh, using at Daytona from 53 inches to 58 inches. Same restrictor plate, though, so – a little bit different package at Daytona. I'm not sure exactly what that'll do. Maybe punch a bigger hole in the air for the cars behind, give the cars some uh, better. Uh, I'm know. I'm sure they've tested with it and feel there's an, there's something there. But boy, well, Mark Martin uh, ex- he used to be my favorite driver, by the way. Right. When I was in the '90s, I looked up to Mark Martin. He's a pretty cool guy. He's a clean racer guy. Uh, he had some comments at uh, MIS this past weekend about the uh, changing of the rules, at least with the restrictor plates and the. Uh, uh, aero package that they tested at uh, Charlotte right. for the All-Star race. He said, because uh, 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 I, I guess they're talking about uh, using that package at all one-and-a-half-mile-plus tracks. Uh, he says, quote, it really, really hurts me to think about if we are going to change that to satisfy 
Johnny can't... Let me start over. It really, really hurts me to think about if we're going to change that to satisfy Johnny-come-lately fans. What's wrong with the sport being what it is? You got to be careful. There's a lot of old-time supporters of this sport that are already dissatisfied with the changes. You don't want to you don't want to alienate the rest of those trying to appeal to what appears to me like an impossible situation to satisfy. Some of the newer fans of the sport I don't know if I just typed that, but some of the newer fans. Uh, there is some integrity that I feel needs to be maintained in this sport. There are some issues that could be addressed about our racing, but artificially making the racing exciting for a portion of the fans, I'd rather see that in the Xfinity race. So apparently Mark's not a big fan of the... Of messing with the rules. Well, yeah. Again. Yeah, trying to, uh, well, uh, manufacturing exciting racing. He's old school. Yeah. And he's in all kinds of racing, too. He's done dirt and sure. he's got kids in racing. Um, last weekend, Clint Boyer won the rain-shortened race at MIS uh, after his crew chief made a call for a two-tire stop uh, shortly before the rains came down. Car chief Jerry Cook, congratulations. Was that who? No. Maybe. Trust me. Was it Jerry? Jerry Cook okay. is the car chief. Not the crew chief, but the car chief. But the crew chief made the decision. Maybe. According to what I read. Right. Cup Series is off this weekend for Father's Day. The Trucks and uh, Xfinity Series is at Iowa. Uh, Roush Fenway announced that Matt Kenseth is going to do uh, 10 more races this year. Kentucky, New Hampshire, Pocono, Watkins Glen, Darlington, Indianapolis, Dover, Martinsville, Phoenix, and Homestead. Speaking of Kentucky, got some news on that coming up uh, here in a little bit. Stay tuned for that. Trevor Bain's going to uh, be the wheelman for uh, all the other races. I kind of feel bad for him. He's kind of getting phased out. You know, all all of the new superstars that they've brought in have kind of fizzled. And yeah. it's it's the veterans in NASCAR that are winning all the races. And I, it, it's, true, it's yeah. getting very difficult. The diffi- old guys are winning. It's getting, yeah, I love that. It's, it's getting <laughs> it's very really difficult to get the fans to jump behind all, all of the young guys coming in. Um, and I don't know how they can, maybe they're going to need to manufacture some good guy, bad guy scenarios. I don't know. Manufacture. <laughs> they manufacture everything else. Make everybody draw sticks, uh, something they're like, all right, you're a good guy. You're a bad guy. I don't know. I don't know. Scott Dixon, uh, won the IndyCar race at, uh, Texas on uh, Saturday night. IndyCar is also off this weekend. Did not hear of any, uh, pace cars crashing. At the not this current. week. No, not this week, apparently. Um, weather uh, for this weekend's racing looking pretty uh, decent as far as uh, hopefully no cancellations. There's a, a little bit of a, a chance of, I guess, some showers on Saturday afternoon. But nothing. Uh, uh, well, let's uh, let's talk, let's hear from uh, Ryan Weekman from uh, WTOL and our weekend weather pit stop for that official racing forecast. We're good to go. All right. This is your weekend weather pit stop forecast. I'm First Alert meteorologist Ryan Weekman. We're beginning to crank the heat back up, especially as we get later into the weekend. But Friday, probably the most comfortable for races in Toledo, Lima Land, Attica. Should see temperatures in the lower 80s during the afternoon, cooling into the 70s and upper 60s at night. 
Saturday could see some scattered thunderstorms, especially during the afternoon. But by the evening, things drying out. Flat Rock, Oakshade, Fremont, Sandusky, Eldora could see the heat cranked up into the lower 90s for daytime highs. And Sunday, an absolute scorcher. Waynesfield doesn't kick off until later in the evening, but afternoon highs in the mid to upper 90s, potential record setting with heat indices near 100. By far the warmest weekend of racing we've had so far this season. That's your weekend weather pit stop forecast. Be sure to download the free first alert weather app. You can track not only the temperatures, but where some of those pop-up thunderstorms may be. I'm first alert meteorologist Ryan Weekman. All right, coming up in just a moment, we'll tell you where all the racing's going on around the uh, the area. Before we get to that, uh, we started this last week We uh, when we had Steve Kester in the studio guessing how many late models were going to show up at uh, Oakshade this past weekend competing with the Dream. Mm-hmm. I won that, by the way. No. I did. So uh, last week you said uh, we were going to get 35. Steve said we were going to get 32. And I said we were going to get 28. We had 27. How, how about the, uh, the car count at the Dream? Who won that? I, I didn't keep track of that. You wrote it down. I did not. I wrote down what we said for... You wrote that down because you remembered. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, tomorrow. No, no, no. There were 78 cars at the Dream, and what, I, I, don't I said, I'm going with Steve Kester's number. Okay. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah, don't you forget it. <laughs> Love what's, you, Scott. What's going on uh, tomorrow at uh, Attica? Let's talk about how many, uh, how many uh, sprint cars are, are we going to get Ooh. at the Speed Week opener? We'll, we'll throw this one to Brian first. Oh, I get to go first. Yeah, huh? yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're the guest, uh, of course. I, I'll say 58. Okay. I don't know why. I just normally uh, like when I go to see where I'm going to race, I'll see, uh, I'll check Twitter and Facebook and all that, and see who's going to go where to to figure out if I'm going to be able to ease into the feature or if I'm going to work hard. I haven't done that for this, so I'm just going to guess 58. I'm saying 47. I'm going to say 52. Okay. That's it. All right. We'll see how we did next week. I wrote these down, and that's it. There's no other races that I'm that I'm okay, keeping track fine. of. Well, shoot me a text and let me know if All I right. won that. All right, we'll do. We'll tune in next week, Thursday, seven o'clock, Facebook Live, or check it out on iHeartRadio. I set you right up there, didn't I? Anytime. Yeah. Uh, coming up this weekend, uh, there's some drag racing going on up at uh, Milan Dragway uh, all weekend long. Actually, they got the Battle of the Schools tomorrow. Gates open at four. Uh, spectators are just ten bucks, and then uh, Liberty Gears No ET on Saturday. Gates open at noon, racing at 2. 20 bucks for spectators, and then the Fleet Doctor Bracket Points Race number 5 on Sunday. Gates open to 9, time trials at 10 a.m. Eliminations around 12.30. 15 bucks for spectators. That's all at Milan Dragway this weekend. Tomorrow night, Toledo Speedway is Kids Night. It's uh, also the Auto Value uh, Bumper to Bumper Winged Super Sprints iCar All-Star Modified Series. Factory Stocks are also going to be racing. Pit gate at three, racing at seven thirty. Twenty bucks uh, general admission for that. Kids, since it's kids' night, twelve and under are free, and they get a free hot dog. Ooh, I know. I'm kind of jealous. I wonder if old folks get a free hot dog. Um, if the kids feel sorry for you, they may give it to you. Uh, Lima Land uh, in action tomorrow night. Uh, it's Fast Friday. Uh, Fast three hundred five sprints, modified thunderstocks. Pit gate at four thirty, racing at seven thirty. Attica. Uh, tomorrow night as well. It's the 36th annual Cometic Gaskets Ohio Sprint Speed Week. 
catch this man uh, racing there in the two plus tomorrow night. Yeah, and come down and buy a T-shirt too. I need to sell them oh, out. There you go. Now is is Limus Fast Series going to affect the car count at all? No, it's the Fast Three Hundred Five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Attica's got the four tens, the All Stars, yep. uh, UMP uh, late models, and I saw double points after late models on their side. I think it was just for the late models. I don't think it's for the sprints. But apparently there's double points at Attica. Uh, gates open at 4, racing 745, $22 general admission for that show at Attica. That's uh, tomorrow night. Moving to Saturday night, uh, Oakshade Raceway's got a big uh, event this weekend, the Barney Oldfield Race. It's also an American Late Model Series event, $5,400 to win. Uh, sports and Bombers and Compacts also in action. Gates open at 4, racing at 7. General admission, uh, just 12 bucks. It's a cool thing Oakshade does. They never change the price throughout the, the season for the big races. It's always 12 bucks for general admission. Uh, kids are less. You can check out the website for all the other prices. Scott, how many how many Barney Oldfield races have been run? I, I don't remember. That's right. Oh, wait. Pam's on. Pam, how many, uh, how many races, uh, how many Barneys is this? It's like the 27th, I think. I don't know. Because we're trying to figure out when Ron won. Ron won one of these back in the day. Yes, he did. Back in the last century. Uh, Flat Rock in action on uh, Saturday as well. Kids night there. They're having a 40-lap Michigan State figure eight championship. Uh, That's actually going to kick the night off, which is kind of cool. Usually they need the figure eight feature last. Uh, And if you've never seen a figure eight feature, you definitely need to check that out. They're pretty pretty exciting. it, It really is. Street Stocks, uh, Late Model Sportsman, and Silver Cup Series, 250-lap Enduro as well. Uh, that's uh, carried over from the May 19th rainout. Uh, for all that stuff going on, the pit gate's going to open at 3. Racing's going to be a little earlier at Flat Rock. It's going to be at 6.30 instead of 7. Ticket's just uh, $15 for general admission. And, of course, since it's kid night, kid's night, 12 and under are free. And a free hot dog there, too. So you feed the kids uh, twice this weekend. Fremont, uh, meet the driver's night. You're going to be there so you can uh, meet Brian, right? Buy a T-shirt at Fremont, too? Yeah, absolutely. If I have any left, come down and, and do that, too. <laughs> if there's any left from Attica on Friday? Yeah, exactly. So uh, Fremont, Saturday night. It's uh, the Boss Sprints, uh, 305 Sprints, Dirt Trucks, Late Models, Gates of four Racing at 7 $15 general admission at Fremont. Uh, Sandusky Speedway in action with modified street stocks, Renegade stocks, Gates of four Racing 7 $7 general admission for Sandusky. And Eldora Speedway has uh, the second night of Ohio Sprint Speed Week. That's uh, Saturday nights. Dirt car mods and uh, the stocks will be in action. That's uh, Saturday at 730 $20 general admission for that. And then uh, Speed Week moves to Waynesfield on Sunday. Uh, they're also going to have the NRA Sprint Invaders as well. Gates open at 4 racing at 7 $22 general admission for the show at Waynesfield on Sunday night. That's the best show, Speed Week 2. They, they use it as a hashtag on Twitter, but that really is the best show. I'd rather go there to watch than race, honestly. That's going to be a hot one, too. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Drink lots of water if you're going to any of these tracks uh, this weekend. Uh, I got uh, a kart racing update thanks to Philip Snyder, who we had in here a few uh, weeks back, talking when we first broke the, the tire insert controversy story. Uh, Saturday, June 16th, that's a Saturday, they're going to be at Route 68 Speedway in Mount Orab, uh, Ohio. That's down by Cincinnati. It's race number two of the Ohio Championship Kart Series. Uh, Fremont, Fremont Raceway Park is racing on Sunday. Have you raced go-karts? You uh, said you, not not a whole lot of go-karts, yeah. very little actually, and one of the things I can remember is getting hauled out in the meat wagon <laughs> of Toledo Speedway, so <laughs> not really a lot of 
go-kart stuff. All right. And uh, if you're into uh, major uh, sprint, or sprint, uh, major kart action, the 2018 Junior Max Daddy and Champ Max Daddy race is at Albemarle, I hope I pronounced that right, Speedway. It's in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, and it's a 5,000 to win show for go-karts. That's pretty cool. Just not toys anymore. Well, if uh, you need any more information on any of those, uh, contact Philip Snyder at Racing Basics for more info or karting needs, 419-296-5995. That's, about, that's all I got for this week. Really? Yeah. I want to thank Dave, Dave Kemmer, though, again. I haven't yeah. really thanked him. He's been helping out with the booking. Anybody help us out with how many uh, Barney Oldfields have been run? Uh, uh, that's Chrissy's department. <laughs> well dave gumby jr says you won at 93 though i knew that and that's real easy for him because he could go he see could go the, look at the trophy that's it all right so did you want uh what time is it yeah yeah we don't have time if you want to hear uh last week's record report if you didn't hear uh Perry's on vacation for the next couple of weeks, so there will be no uh, new record reports for the next few weeks. You but, know, but last week's was definitely worth hearing, so if you want to hear that, listen to last week's un- show. Until last week, I would have been... <laughs> you would have been okay with it, but now you want yeah, more. I do. Yeah. It was Last week's record report was great. Had Tony Stewart on it, and uh, you have no idea what we're talking about. No idea. So definitely Sounds great, though. Check out last week's show. Uh, you can rewatch it on Facebook or, uh, again, check it out on iHeartRadio. Follow our podcast. Hammerdown Racing Report. Yeah, all the information, hammerdownracingreport.com. Next week, we are going to be talking to uh, Tim Bray. And Dave, uh, I didn't tell you this, uh, Dave Kemmer. Uh, Tim Bray is going to be our guest next week, Director of Communications uh, for Kentucky Speedway. We may have some tickets to give away, too, for the cup race that's uh, in July. That'd be pretty exciting. So we'll be talking to, to him. Cool. That's, uh, that's actually... Not too far from here. It's obviously further than uh, MIS, but uh, it's, uh, it's down by Cincinnati. Right. So I haven't, I haven't been there. Have you? I have not. Kentucky's, not Cincinnati, but It's not Kentucky one of the Speedway. places you've raced? You haven't raced at Kentucky Speedway? No, I'm sorry. Have you raced at MIS? No. Both no. coasts of Australia, but you haven't run at MIS. No, no, no. <laughs> wow. Have you? No, I haven't. No. Biggest I've tra- driven by there. Biggest tracks, uh, Syracuse uh, and uh, Springfield, Illinois. One mile dirt. All right, we'll save that for another show. Let's wrap things up. Uh, make those, sure to, those are pretty fun. Make sure to call Ron Miller, Ron Miller Race Cars. Uh, he's got he can tell you stories, or he's got tech support and he sells stuff and he works on things and he's got race cars for sale. Uh, is your uh, outlaw still for sale? Yes. Maybe this match race we were talking about uh, will help uh, help with the sale on that. We'll see. That car drives itself. Could could be sold in in any state, whether it's turnkey or just as a roller and it wins every year it does just every year and even when you weren't driving it, it my, won. my kid keeps getting closer and closer though I'm, I'm worried about that better look out for lightning mcqueen there that's it give uh ron miller race cars a call 734-856-7223 again tune in next week uh seven o'clock uh thursday night for tim bray kentucky speedway we'll be right here at facebook live facebook.com slash hammerdown race report and again on iHeartRadio. Scott, I think we're out of here. I think so. Let's go. Let's go home. Thanks, uh, thanks, Brian, for coming in. Appreciate it. Thanks to Dave Kemmer for uh, hooking us yeah. up, too. I've known him since I was a little kid. We used to yeah. call him Super Dave. So. Super Dave. <laughs> Super Another Dave great Brandes. show, Scott. All right. Uh, yeah, that's it. We're out. Thanks, we're going. Brian. Brian Smith, thanks for coming in. Ron Miller, I'm Scott Hammer. We'll see you next week.
You have been listening to the Hammered Down Racing Report from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio. Listen on demand on iHeartRadio. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.